Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, motivational speaker, full-time psychology student, mama four, and military spouse. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and real stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Meg. Meg is an education advocate serving families in on the in the greater DC area, but you just PCS. Is it still the greater DC area? It is still the greater DC area. Okay, great. I, I just wanted to make sure because I was like, when did she fill out this thing? Because you know, sometimes people fill it out and then it's several months later and they're like, oh no, the whole bio's changed. I'm like, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> so you can find her online at megflanagan.com and I'm going to link that up in the show notes. Uh, grab a copy of her talk to the teacher, the essential guide for parents of K through 12 students at the school to sex, success, not sex, not sex, success shop at her website. Meg is Meg also accepts private clients on an application basis. I just want everybody to know this is my second podcast interview for today and I never do that. So I am tired. Um, the both I'm sure will be lovely <laughs> interviews and great. And Meg just PCS, which for anybody that's a civilian, that is military lingo for move. That's what I just did. So she's exhausted. We're both exhausted. So it's going to be a great episode. Uh, so Meg, I would love to have you share with us. When was the first time that you started, um, experiencing symptoms of a or multiple mental health disorders? <laughs> um, <laughs> I literally, I was thinking about this actually when, uh, when, you know, I first connected with you, I don't remember a time when I haven't been extremely anxious. Me, well, me, it was depression, but yes, like since I was yeah. a kid. I don't remember a time when like, I didn't second guess every single thing that came out of my mouth, every single action I did it, when like, I remember laying awake in middle school and thinking about like something I said to a kid on the playground in legit second grade and fretting about it for hours and hours and hours wow. and hours. And then like, so that's, you know, anxiety. Yes. Which is, you know, lifelong. It's, it, it, it's, it's pretty constant. It's, it's a lot. Um, and, you know, kind of maybe, maybe I actually said something about it in probably high school um, one of my really good friends was going through an awful, awful, awful time um, where she had her own mental health crisis. Um, and I finally said something to my dad, which is ironic because he is a social worker for people with really? mental health disorders and addiction. Oh my yeah. goodness. So he, he ran a, uh, a major, like a, uh, city hospitals dual diagnosis ward from the social work aspect for like 15, 20 years. So of all the people in the world that should have been like, Hey, <laughs> my kid is, my kid's having a hard time. Um, it probably was my dad and he probably did see it and he probably put on his social worker hat and was like, you know what? I'm not going to push it. I'm going to let her come to me. Yeah. Finally I did go to them. I was in therapy for a really long time. Uh, well, maybe not like a really long time, like a year Oh yeah. yeah, no, girl, That's not that, that, no, that, I've been in therapy no. for like six years. That, like, was, that was the first therapist. Yeah, that was the first one. I know <laughs> I'm on therapist number three right now. <laughs> I, I, just, I just wrapped up with therapist number four in Japan. All of them for like super sh like short periods of time, but right. just they add up. They add up over time. Yep. <laughs> um, 
And then kind of what spurred my adult um, mental health crisis was I had a baby. And then I took a lot of time off. I took like seven or eight months off from work. I didn't work. Um, I'm a teacher. So um, it's really stressful. It's not a 40-hour job, 40-hour-a-week job. Oh, no. It's It's way more. It's like I was getting there at seven and leaving at five every day and picking up my nine-month-old and then nursing her, comfort nursing her all night long so she could reconnect with me and then trying to do it all over again the next day. So at one point... um, I tried to be like, Hey, you know, I just, I don't feel very right about this to my husband. And he was kind of like, you know what, you know, I'll I'll try to, you know, whatever, like help you more. But he has a super stressful job also. Yes. um, Military. It's where he's on call, like all of the time. Um, And so it got to the point where it was, it was 3am and I had not been asleep for 24 hours Mm. and I had worked a full work day and I had I was staring at my computer at my data from my students and thinking about how in two hours I needed to be up I needed to go for a run I needed to nurse my child I needed to go to work at 7 a.m I needed to work a complete work day with lovely darling nine-year-olds who I love deeply and truly but who are also a lot um, it was an inclusion classroom. So I had everyone from super gifted to needs a lot of help. And yeah. sometimes that was in the same child, which is fun. Um, so I, I, you know, my principal was like, Hey man, like I got to take a day off. Like, I'm really sorry. I got, I got to take a day. And I rolled up to the doctor's office. I called and I think the whoever picked up the phone heard the desperation in my voice and they mm-hmm. immediately booked me an appointment with my uh, PCM that day. And I rolled up with my screaming child And she looked at me and she goes, you have postpartum depression. It is normal. I am going to refer you for, you know, to psych and immediately wrote me a prescription. And she was like, you, she's like, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. This is just to get you a boost just to help you even out. And it was it like, I, obviously it's not a magic pill. Um, but nobody it, sure does help. Sure does, help. <laughs> sure does. And so that was kind of, um, the kickstart of the adult mental health issues. When I finally acknowledge the fact that I have, um, what I've called to friends, severe crippling social anxiety. And like, I don't even know that I, I don't dislike going out with other people, but I always think about it like too yeah. much. It's hard for me because, I mean, people don't believe me when I tell them this because they're like, you seem so extroverted. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I have to put in effort to seem like this. Like I get, especially if I'm around people I don't know, I get super anxious. Like I walked into, I walked into a birthday party for kids and didn't have my kids with me because they're being awful that day and I don't want to bring them. Um, So I was just dropping off the card. I knew one, two, no, two people there one was the person throwing the party and one was another person. I knew nobody else. I thought I was going to have a full blown panic attack in that house. Like, because I knew nobody and it makes me feel very uncomfortable. And then I get like very self-conscious and then it starts to spiral out of control. Yes. Yes. Mine isn't in the moment. In the moment, I'm usually enjoying it. It's the afterwards. It's the thinking, oh man, I had a couple glasses of wine and did I say anything dumb? And right. I, didn't. I, I get that too. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say anything dumb or it's like, 
but just like thinking about it, did my dress, did I look okay? Did I, especially if it's a work event for the military, Mm -hmm. which is not like, did I greet so-and-so appropriately? Was I polite to his CO? Was I polite to his CO's spouse? Was I appropriate? Did I talk too much? Did I not like, just like the litany of things. So it's so hard when you go to these events and these balls and this stuff and you get introduced to all these people and then you're like, I sounded like an idiot. Although we think we sound like an idiot and everybody else thinks we sounded fine, but we get home, we're like, oh my God, why did I say that? Or, oh, did I say the wrong thing? Or, oh no, I get it. I get it too. Maybe not as much as you get it, but I definitely, I definitely get that sometimes as well, especially in big events like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get very fidgety. And like, if you, if you could actually see my hands right now, like I'm fidgeting with the cushion that I'm sitting on, like, like fidgeting with it. Well, you've never met me in person, so it's a new person. person. Yeah, I get it. And I never talk, like, I talk about this stuff with my friends. Like I have a a really close friend who also has really awful anxiety. And so we've, um, we've connected and like figured out ways that we can channel it through fitness and better eating and, you know, um, just more holistic ways. And we're very honest with each other, but I almost never talk about it with the world. Most people have said that this is their first time sharing their story about whatever with the world or the public. And I'm like, well, I feel very thankful that I'm a safe space and that people feel comfortable talking to me because otherwise like, woo. Um, But I, I really, I get it all of the time. Um, So I'd love for you to share with us what are your mental health diagnoses? Nine diagnoses? Diagnoses. So officially postpartum depression, um, although that's, that's lapsed by now. Um, and then um, anxiety. Um, my last therapist told me when I listed all of my anxieties that I was making her tired. Like <laughs> I, she's like, I don't know how you're awake and functioning and like, like presenting so well, like you must be exhausted. I'm exhausted just listening to you. And I was like, girl, same. <laughs> and, and probably um, just generalized depression. Although that's not like an official diagnosis. That's just right. me saying, here yes. it is. Here it is. <laughs> here it is. <laughs> well, you know, when it comes to you having anxiety so long, it's kind of like how I had depression so long. You kind of learn to live with it and you kind of learn to just do the things. Mm-hmm. People are like, well, I didn't think you had depression all the time. And I was like, but I did but I lived with it. I've had it since I was a kid. So I learned to live with it and, and function like a normal human being because that's normal quote unquote human being. Um, cause that's what happens when you have dealt with a mental health disorder for so freaking long. Yes, exactly. People like if I ever bring up like, Oh, I was like, I have anxiety or, you know, I'm depressed or whatever. People are like, Oh, well you seem so happy. Like, it's so easy to fake happy. Let's just put it that so way. So you expect me to walk around crying all the time? Like, right. No, I save that. I save it all up. For, like, save it all up for special moments when I'm by myself. <laughs> and that's when I cry really hard. For 3 a.m. when I can't sleep and I'm just worrying about all of, all of the things. You that's- need some of the insomnia medication my psychiatric nurse practitioner gave me. I've only taken it once. But man, that, that shit knocks you out. <laughs> it's it's gotten better since I went back on meds. Like there was a time yeah. when I was awake every night at three a.m. 
and just like thinking, like ruminating on not even things that I could control, which isn't where my anxiety or depression um, lies. I've heard it called an existential depression or existential crisis where you're worrying about like literally the fact of being like you're worried about death and dying. Not in the sense that like someone you love is going to die and more of the sense of like, you're not going to be anymore. Yeah. It's hard for me to think about dying because I'm like, what happens to me. me. Like I I, I just stop. I I can't believe that it just stopped. That's why I believe in reincarnation. Yeah. Because I'm like, I can't imagine that I just disappear. Yeah. Like I just can't wrap my head around that one. Like or like climate change and Paul and I just sit there. Like for a while I thought about because we lived in um South in Okinawa, Japan, where uh South North Korea is a real close neighbor. And so there was the time when all of the tensions were kind of ramping up there and we were all told to have our exit plan in place and be ready to go at like the drop of a hat. And I would sit there at night and think, what if it's tonight? Like, what if, what if Kim Jong crazy pants decides that it's tonight? Right. Oh my goodness. What if it's such a what if? Person. And then, and then you just go down the, I just went like down the rabbit hole of like, but what about this thing? What about this thing? It's like the what about, and it's all, it's nothing like, what about if my kid fails or whatever, or is diagnosed with right. whatever, or, you know, I'm diagnosed with whatever. It's like the big world things that I get really anxious about that like fuel my anxiety, which is so, it's not the typical anxiety, I don't think. Mine's pretty typical. Usually I freak myself out when my husband's gone about him dying. And then I'm like, oh, how much in life insurance do we have? How long can I live off of that? Can I finish school before that runs out? Like, this is the shit that goes through my head. And I'm sure people like listening are like, oh, she did, does lose her mind. I do. I do lose my mind sometimes because I'm like, what, how would I function? We have it a certain way and then it would change. And I'm one of those people I don't do change well. No. I don't. I'm very much a planner and I'm very much a schedule and a routine kind of person. You change that, I lose my fucking mind. Mm-hmm. And I, it happens. So you are going through PCS right now. Share <laughs> with us how that is affecting your mental health. Um, I, I sat down today and I just kind of like looked around like, bleakly at my house my 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 house of boxes basically yes and my child as my kids both of them asked several times for the toy box to be open because it's clearly labeled toys yeah I had to explain for the 100th time that it was not going to be open anytime soon because I do not care (laughs) and I felt so awful saying that to my kid you only got so much bandwidth there's only yes exactly there's only so much I can handle and if you you ask me to do more than like three or four things at a time in like a certain space like mommy I need a glass of water while I'm trying to unload the dishwasher and I have dinner on the stove and now you're asking for a snack like that that last thing is the straw that broke my back like I, I can't I can't do it. And I am going Mm -hmm. to lose my cool. And I hate myself for it. Like I immediately apologize and I feel so guilty about it. Um, but it, it just like, it just bubbles up out of me and I can't Mm -hmm. always control it. And I I can feel myself getting there. Like my body tenses up, my shoulders hunch over my neck, like my back hurts and uh, my jaw. My my neck and my shoulders are where my stress. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 That's where I carry mine too. And yeah, and I can feel myself getting there. And I'm like, oh, 
she says one more thing or he says one more thing and they want one more thing from me. Like I'm, I'm going to lose my shit. Right. Shit all over this. And it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be polite. And I always apologize, but like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I need to release it and I can't always leave them and go for a run or, and it's not always appropriate to drink a glass of wine, you know, at 10 AM. If that <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere, five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> and I don't all, and I, since my dad is a addictions counselor, I never, I'm yeah. very, I'm very aware of my language and how I imbibe alcohol. I right. never want to be the person that says, Oh, I need a beer. I come home from work. I need a beer. It's five. My husband rolls up. Oh, I need a glass of wine. I want to be, I would like to enjoy a glass of wine. I'm going to sit here and read my book right. and enjoy this. I need to start using that verbiage too. I'm going to enjoy a glass of wine mm-hmm. right now. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I had a friend that I was, uh, we both, we lived in San Diego a couple of years ago together and we were, we were, the, I mean, we were the, the classic example of military wives. It's, it's wine o'clock. We would get together. We'd have a bottle of wine together yeah. three, four nights a week. The kids would play. We'd make dinner together. And then you know, it wasn't, it was over several hours. I don't want to give the impression that we're driving. Yes. We're not. You're not getting hammered. And a bottle of wine between two people yeah. is technically only two glasses a piece. So yeah. you're not getting drunk yeah. anyways. We're not getting drunk. But, you know, we would have the the text chat at, say, 3.30. Of, oh, man, I could, I need a glass of wine. Want to come over? And whenever I moved away from her, she was like, you know what? I've been looking back at the last year at our drinking habits. I was like, I have two and I feel guilt. I feel a lot of guilt about it. Was it a deployment time? Because deployment time I was there too. Hers was, mine was a school with night classes Um, for him. So he was, he was at school at, they paid for him to go get his master's and so he was at school by 8 a.m home after 10 p.m long days for him awful like i'm sure it's close enough but (laughs) it's close enough to a deployment at that point alone with a one and a half year old which i love her deeply and truly and i don't want to give the impression that i don't enjoy being a mother i want to make that super clear i love being a mom but it's frustrating and hard and it's really hard especially when you're struggling yourself thank you for saying that I feel You're like, welcome, because I feel it too. <laughs> I'm just speaking I, from the heart here. I feel like we're expected to kind of do it all and do it with grace, and mm-hmm. I am not graceful. I'm not naturally a graceful person mm-hmm. physically or emotionally or mentally, and I just, I'm just trying my very best to keep my shit together long enough yeah. to like yeah. get them to adulthood without well, that, the world imploding. <laughs> and you got to think, yeah, like right now, so there's something called the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And in order to reach that like pinnacle where you're thriving, you have to have all these things in place. And one of the very bottom rungs is like a sense of safety and home. And guess what? When you PCF, you don't have that. You got nothing. You're you're uprooted. You have nothing. And so if you're, that's just, that's for everybody. But like, Mm -hmm. think about it. If in addition, you're struggling with mental health disorders and being a parent and all the things on top of it, no girl, you got to give yourself some grace because I beat myself up too, but you know what? We're doing the best we can. And just, I'm just trying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't give more than you have to give. And when you are so much bandwidth is being taken up, just trying to stay baseline 
it's really hard to be able to give that extra like Pinterest mom thing. I just can't do it because I don't oh have it gosh. in me. My kids are alive. They're fed. They're clean. They I have some sunscreen on sometimes. Yeah, sometimes mm -hmm. maybe. I mean, the house is picked up. It's not a slob <laughs> hole. You know, it, I mean, it's not sparkling. But I like, mean, it's in boxes. That seems Yeah, fun. I mean, yours doesn't count because it's in boxes. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I it, we're meeting their basic needs and still loving them on top of that. And I think that's all we can do. Yeah, you're right. You're very right. And I, I need to remember that to give myself a little bit more grace that, you know, they're, they're doing okay. You can just listen to this podcast episode anytime you need to pick me up. Like, <laughs> Very true. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. I have the, I, when you're talking, I'm like, yes, me too, girl. Like I am like, I beat myself up all the time for feeling like I'm a crap mom. Um, you know, my teenager will yell at me and then I feel like a crap mom again. And I have to realize like I am doing the best I can with what I have. And I truly can say that. And I feel that way. And you know what? They're all taken care of. And even if I can't go above and beyond, I, I'll pay people. My friend makes yeah. birthday cakes. I pay her to make the birthday cakes because yes. guess what? I don't got it in me. <laughs> I sure do not. If you'd like a birthday cake, it's coming from someone else. And I love you. And I will get the best. I will get it all wanted out for you. But it's, I'm not making it. Right. If you want, my twins had a Captain Marvel cake. You want a Captain Marvel cake? All right. Mommy's not making that because if I, you get one from me, it's going to come from a box and the frosting's going to look like you did it and not me. So yes. Yes, yes exactly. Exactly. Although I do, I do have to say that cooking is one of my de-stressors. Like if yes. I can be alone in my house and cook, not right now because my kitchen is an absolute unmitigated nightmare of like, Oh my God. If, if I could just pull everything out of the cabinets and break it and sweep it out the door and like start over and be like, all oh, the movers break, broke it. Yeah. I need it replaced. Cause, I, cause it. I don't want to put it away. I don't, I don't want to put it away. And it's so to be living in a tiny little like row house near in DC, near DC that was built in like the fifties when people were small and they had nothing like very little things. And and we're not as materialistic as us. And so the closets are tiny and the bathrooms are tiny and everything is tiny. And I love it dear, deeply and truly, but it is tiny and a lot yes. of crap. And that's, I'm sorry, that is fueling my anxiety. No. <laughs> it is so like. Let it out. It's like the trigger right there. You're like, there you go. There's my anxiety. You all just heard it happen on the podcast. Oh yes. <laughs> I mean, There's sometimes like Megan, is like twitching right yes, now. <laughs> sometimes I really should just like record myself when I'm having a mental breakdown and be like, this is real life people. Here this it is. What it sounds like, although it'd probably be really scary because a couple of my new friends here uh, witnessed it. I'm, I'm surprised one of them is still my friend at this point because <laughs> like it is not pretty. I mean, it, people think emotional breakdown. They're like, oh, you're probably crying and stuff. I'm like, no. No, I was swearing. Yeah, swearing, crying, throwing blaming things. everybody, throwing things. I threw dresser yep. drawers across my bedroom. Yep. 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 I throw shoes. Throwing shoes. Throwing shoes because they're kind of soft, right? Yeah, the, the dresser Not drawers kind of put a, uh, put a like dent in the wall. 
of my house that I'm renting. I'm like, well, guess who's going to lose some of their deposit when they move out? This tackle that. It'll be fine. Yeah, because I got a little angry. Um, so before we run out of time, I'd love to have you share with us what healthy coping mechanisms you use. Because you mentioned earlier that you use some holistic methods that help you um, manage and cope uh, with your anxiety and I'm sure with the depression too, because mm -hmm. usually the things that help with anxiety can a lot of times help with depression as well. So yeah. share with us, anybody think like we probably scared some people now and they're like, Oh my gosh, we're letting our like crazy mental health flags fly tonight. Yes, we um, are. I actually have, I got to tell you before you start, I have a thing on my wall that I bought as a cheeky little joke to everybody that comes to my house, it says, relax, we're all crazy. It's not a competition. <laughs> I need that. I want to have Amazon. like a decal made of it and put it on my front door and just be like, hello, we're crazy. Yes, Amazon <laughs> has it. And so when you're walking, uh, we have a two-floor house. When you're walking up the stairs, it's right there. And I'm like, yeah, that's my little joke for anybody. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, it's not like anybody's going to come in my house that doesn't know that, that I have bipolar disorder. <laughs> Right. So it's my little cheeky joke. So back to yeah. the holistic methods. <laughs> so um, I've always been um, an athlete. I ran in high school and, um, and then I started running when my husband was deployed for a year again. Um, and when I was first diagnosed with postpartum depression, um, she, the doctor basically was prescribed running and physical activity. She said, you need to get out, but you need to do it without a timer. You need to just just go, just put on some music, put on a podcast. This was before podcasts. This was like five years ago when podcasts were kind of like just starting. Right. Um, put on, put on something that you enjoy listening to and just go, don't time yourself, just go. Or if you want to time yourself, be like, I'm going to run for 30 minutes and go. Um, since then, so now I run a lot. I call my, it's my therapy time. Um, sometimes I'll call it my church because I know that some people enjoy and feel better after going to a religious service. Um, yeah. that doesn't necessarily work for me. Me either. Um, no. <laughs> I tried, I tried real hard. It doesn't work for me. It might work for someone else. So don't knock until you tried it. And I've definitely tried it. Yeah. Many uh, times over here. Many, many times. times, many, many times. Um, I do not journal. I don't, I write for a living. So writing is not soothing to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yep. Um, I, I like to read. I like, I listen to podcasts. I prefer like true crime podcasts because they kind of are an outlet. Like for, her favorite murder or my favorite murder? Yes, that's my very favorite one. My yeah. daughter listens to it. I love my favorite murder. She refuses <laughs> yeah. to listen to me though. She's like, I hear you all day anyways. I don't so know. Oh, good. <laughs> Oh, good. Um, but they're very upfront and honest about their mental health and addiction battles too. So it's really oh, nice it. to see it through the lens of like, here are some people that are doing really awesome and amazing things and they're succeeding and they're being really out there with their struggles. So I listen to that and I listen to True Country to remind myself that like there is a way to get past it. Like you just have to be proactive because the true crime stories are all about someone being proactive, whether it's the law enforcement and detectives like solving it, or it's like an I survive story of the victim being like, no, fuck you. I'm going to live doing right. this. Um, and so it's just, it's just really nice. And what else do I do? Oh, I eat, I try to eat pretty clean. So I try to eat mostly 
whole foods. If I'm eating meat, um, it's really lean. Ethical. I, we just switched to a CSA here, Community Supported Agriculture. Ooh, I love it. So good, so good. But it's all or, or all the produce is organically raised, pesticide free, which I've noticed a huge Into my heart. difference. Huge difference so far. And um, the meat that we're getting, I'm committing to only using meat from them, which it's all ethically, organically, antibiotic free pastured like free range like they show show you like a feed of the chickens like here are chickens out in the field okay I, I will eat those eggs like that is that's great so i want to have my own chicken so i, I know you i did i did chickens when i was a kid and it was it's a lot it's they draw okay. rat. they like draw the rats chicken. do you like rats the chickens can eat the rats. <laughs> I'll let my cats in there so they can eat the rats. <laughs> They'll eat the chickens. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. My husband wants chickens anyways. I don't think we can change his mind. Oh, boy. Yeah, so I run. I lift now. Um, my friend who has anxiety also, um, she's a personal trainer, so she kind of pushed me into lifting. Oh, cool. To have a friend that's a personal trainer. Yeah. Yeah, I have a few that are personal trainers, actually. Um, and so she's like taught me how to lift. She runs my training program now, um, from Hawaii. Those are some great tips to help other people. You know, for me, I do meditation in the morning and I do do journaling cause I don't, I don't write for, a, I'm sure when I become possibly a professor someday, I won't want to cause then I'll be writing a lot <laughs> and grading a lot. I'm either going to be a full-time professor professor and part-time therapist or part-time professor and full-time therapist haven't decided yet. I really want to teach people. I like teaching, but not little people. I want to teach adults because I can swear at them. So <laughs> that is why I could drop an F-bomb in a college classroom and be okay. I drop an <laughs> F-bomb around nine-year-olds not so much. Nope. <laughs> nope. We do a lot of creative swearing in the elementary school classroom. Oh, sugar cookies. There it is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> My children are, are creative swearers as, uh, as well. They'll start out and they're like, oh, bull. I'm like, yeah, bull what? Like, I know there's something you wanted to say after that. We've had a conversation about how uh, profanity isn't good or bad. They're just words somebody at some point in time decided that they were bad words and that they they have their place in society but there are certain areas that you should not say them so if my kid stubbed their toe and said shit I would be like you know you're not supposed to say that because you're like eight but mm -hmm. I would not be like oh my god you swore you're so bad because you know what they used it in con the right yes. context yes. so I'm good with that <laughs> I will say it was kind of shocking um, I think I slammed my finger in the door. I said, oh, fuck. And my little boy goes, fuck, 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 fuck. And I was like, duck? You're saying duck? Quack, quack? And he goes, oh, yeah, quack, quack, duck. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now he just repeats it. And it's super good. I love that. So what are you going to do going forward to help with your mental health now that you've gotten the move? Well, I already have an appointment set up with my doctor, my new PCM, um, to talk about um, tweaking my dosage of my meds. Um, I think it's definitely necessary, given mm -hmm. the to tweak mine course. too. Um, and probably um, connect with an, a therapist in this area just to have someone to talk to. 
Um, yeah. And I am reevaluating my work, my work schedule, um, and what I'm committing to, who I'm committing to, um, just just all the things outside of me being a normal person for my my spouse, and my kids, and like making it moderately make feeling moderately good about my life every day. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to overcommit. So I'm trying to scale things back to be a moderate level of work. Yeah. Cause I don't know if you're the same as me, but I had to do a lot of self care just to maintain baseline. And sometimes that means I don't have it in me to give to other places in my life, even though I want to. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I tend to, ignore my self-care and bury it by committing to other things so I do not have to think about it. Oh. So I will bury myself in work and then get stressed out about work and then have a full-blown plan- panic attack of like the silent rage tears curled up in a ball somewhere in my house Yeah, um, and not be able to do anything for like a day. And then I'll come out of it and I'll just jump right back into where I was before without ever processing, like, maybe that was a poor decision. Yeah. So I have to be more mindful. So you have to work on that. You have to work on, like, not overcommitting and being being more present with my kids. So I I need to cut the cell phone social media cord at some point. I removed the Facebook app off my phone. It was the, it's been the most amazing thing. I check Facebook maybe, like, three times a day, like morning, afternoon, and evening. And I have far less notifications now that I'm not on there posting hardly at all. And I, if the first week was hard, was really hard. I'm doing it. Yes. Do it. But after that, like it's gotten progressively easier, like so much easier. So Yeah. It'll do wonders for you. I kept Instagram on mine because Instagram is, it doesn't, doesn't suck me in like Facebook does, but if it does for you, you should just delete. Yeah. I've already deleted. Yeah. Instagram's got to go. Um, I've already deleted. I just deleted Facebook. Um, Get it. I did it. I cut the cord. Um, and I'm praying it doesn't mess up my business page on Facebook because it messed it up real bad last time. Oh, really? Yeah. It didn't do anything to mine. I had the pages app though. Oh, okay. I had the pages app too. And I deleted that and it wasn't fine. Maybe it was just a glitch with Facebook at the time. I don't know. Facebook's weird. Um, but I do need to be, I need to be not doing that. I need to be focused on like the things that actually bring me joy and scrolling through endless political rants does not bring me joy joy either. Mm -mm. Does not spark joy for me. So I Marie Kondoed that out of my life just now. Thank you for inspiring me to do that. You're welcome. And I will warn you the first week again is very hard, but after that it gets a lot easier. And so I only, I usually only check it on my computer. If I'm out and I have to look at a Facebook event, I'll bring it up like the actual page up on my phone, but I don't have the app. Um, so I have to walk upstairs to my computer to actually check Facebook. And so it's like a barrier. So I know like, Oh, if I've already checked it a couple times a day, maybe I don't need to check in. I have that time to rethink it before I actually hop on. So I feel like that's a barrier for me. It's been great. So as we wrap up the podcast today, because I know your kids are only going to stay patient for so long, (laughs) um, what would you like to leave the Inspired Women audience with? I think that it's important to be honest and, and to have courage 
in who you are as a person. Like it took me a really long time to actually be upfront and say, I have anxiety and I can live a fairly normal, highly anxious life um, dealing with existential crises every single day of my own making. Um, it's possible to do this, but you have to be super honest about it and you have to be willing to talk about it because it doesn't get better unless we talk about it. It doesn't get, become more accepted if we don't talk about it. Um, and I think we're only just starting to have that conversation. And I think we need to have this at a louder volume because th the world is only getting crazier. So I agree. We need to talk about it. 100% hallelujah. And I'm not even a religious person. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I love that you said that you take medication, but you also do these holistic methods because that's where I'm at too. And I feel like sometimes people in the holistic field kind of shame me for taking meds. Um, and then people in the medical fields kind of think I'm a woo-woo head for take, doing the holistic routes. And I'm like, I truly feel that a blend of Western and Eastern medicine mm -hmm. is the best kind of blend in the world. So Absolutely. I'm glad that you seem to be on the same page yeah. as me for that. My dad was an early American adopter of Reiki. Yes. So he's been, so he got his um, LICSW in the nineties and he's been not, I don't think he's a practitioner, but he's been like heavily, educated and investigative of it since like right after he got his licensure. So he's That's amazing. He's kind of woo-woo about it, but he's also it. very much like, no, get you some meds also. Yes. And one I of the best that. things I ever heard was actually from my favorite murder. Um, and I think they got it from somewhere else was, uh, I don't make enough of my own serotonin. So I buy some, yeah. something like that. Like I, I, I need extra serotonin to exist. And so mine is kind right. of manufactured somewhere else. Hey, thank goodness for medication. Right. You know, it. I know big pharma has its really big issues, but people yeah. like you and not me would probably be like rocking in a corner in a padded room right now, which does sound <laughs> kind of like a vacation. Like <laughs> yes. Um, but we would probably be locked up for life if, if it was back in the day before medications. Oh I mean, gosh. let's just be honest. I've thought about that lots of times where I'm like, you know what? People like me, they would lobotomize me. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. We'd, be, we'd be Rose Kennedy'd. Yeah. So I'm not interested and I'm glad I have my medication. <laughs> yes, I, I fully support medication, additional serotonin, better living through medication. Yes. I love it. Well, <laughs> thank you so much, Meg, for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.